this half hour with the latest on the death of Chris Cornell. The music world is mourning the loss of the rock icon who died from an apparent suicide. The medical examiner ruled it a suicide by hanging. The family's attorney acknowledged Cornell was a recovering addict on prescribed anti-anxiety medication. Studies have found rare but serious side effects from Ativan can include worsening depression and thoughts of hurting yourself. His distinctive voice, called the Howl of Seattle, has now been silenced. The Space Needle went dark in tribute. And his wife, mourning the loss of the man she called her best friend, wrote, Chris's death is a loss that escapes words and has created an emptiness in my heart that will never be filled. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't change for anyone. I know what Ryan Adams meant when he wrote that lyric, but sometimes change is some of the best things somebody can do. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone On Air podcast. The weekly dose for May 24th, 2017. I'm going to do this a little bit out of order. I'm going to jump right into this segment here, and then I'll kind of set up the second half of the show here in a few minutes. Was at Tennessee Brew Works over the weekend. Talked to Letitia Wolf and... Angela Lisi, both from the band The Dead Deads, and we talked about the Chris Cornell thing just for a few minutes. I didn't want to take up too much time of theirs talking about another band I wanted to talk about, or another artist. I wanted to talk to them more, so it's going on a week now since uh, Chris died, and it, and it really is, the more I think about it, the more it's upsetting. I didn't, I forgot how much I really, really adored Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and Chris's solo work. Yet I still never saw him play live. And I, part of that is, is because Soundgarden called it quits at a very early age, or a very early age for me. When I was you know, 16, 17 years old, they were done. And then Audio Slave became a thing around the turn of the, um, turn of the century. And while I, I really liked Audio Slave, I, 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 it took me a few minutes to come around to it, really, to kind of warm up to it. And they didn't tour a whole bunch i mean they did but i don't remember someone saying hey we're going to audio slave and then saying you know I, i'm not gonna go do that i don't feel like doing that I, I i just can't remember i do remember several times chris cornell playing shows solo and then i do remember a couple of times about five or six years ago maybe about four or five years ago when uh, soundgarden was back together with their latest album which is freaking incredible 2012's is it called Animal Kingdom or Animal Wild? Hell, I don't remember. It's good. And I do remember turning down an opportunity to go see him in Atlanta, however many years back it was now, and just thinking, yeah, I'll catch that on the next go-round. And obviously, clearly, there won't be another go-round. So I was just kind of searching, surfing the Internet for different things from 
Chris Cornell and different conversations I've had with people and just kind of reflecting a little bit on how impressive of a guy this was and how dangerous drugs and mental illness can be. And, I mean, I, I don't think people give, a lot of people give mental illness the credit it deserves for how powerful it can be and how many different substances and sensitivities and stimulations and drugs and foods and drinks and substances can all create a, uh, a flawed mental capacity. But when I was talking with, with Letitia and Angela from the Dead Deads on Saturday in Nashville, Tennessee, Tish told the story. If you listened to the podcast the other day, you've already heard it, but these are two different podcasts. You might not, you only might only check in on the weekly dose. This was her story of her being on tour with Chris Cornell. I was dating his guitar player when he was on tour as um, Chris Cornell. One of my favorite stories about it, which is what I posted on Facebook, was when we were all standing backstage and it was five minutes till they were supposed to go on. And Chris comes in in a full monk's cloak with his laptop open. And he comes in and he's like, guys, I need everyone to gather around. This is very, very important. <laughs> and so we're all like, oh, my God, what could this be? And he takes his hood off his cloak, pushes play, and we're all, like, watching quietly. And then we just all start dying with laughter because it's Flight of the Concords doing their Lord of the Rings parody music video. And I thought that was an incredible story to tell. If you want to hear it in a little bit lengthier, you can listen to the uh, podcast episode 32, Spring Tour Stops. But I thought it was a great way to humanize somebody to just kind of show they're just they're just goofballs like the rest of us. And when you look back at the the three and four and five headed monster that was the Seattle sound, quote unquote, the grunge scene from the 90s. And you look at some of the um, of the characters that were the frontmen for these bands, most of which on this list are dead. Uh, you look at Eddie Vedder. He was he was shy, reserved, weird. It took a long time for him to come into his own. These days, he's very outgoing. He's not he's not really. I wouldn't even put him in a weird category anymore. Eddie Vedder is is uh, an incredible musician and human being. And and back in the day, he seemed to have a lot of the same problems that all young people did. Kurt Cobain was he's kind of a punk. I mean, he really was. I mean, I know his super fans don't want to hear that, but he kind of seemed like he he kind of poked at at, at the, the the establishment just for the fun of it. I think I don't think he was not authentic, but um, I thought he he kind of pushed that angle a little bit much. Lane Staley was res reserved for sure, but he was silly goofball. Allison Chains were goofballs, man. If you see any kind of old clips from them, they're just kind of screwing around, reserved but but silly. Wyland from Sons of Pilots, he was weird just for the sake of being weird. Like he 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 would just be weird because it was a good idea. It felt like to him at the time, and then kind of coming on the tail end of that, I put Shannon Hoon into the mix with uh, Blind Melon was uh, probably the most likable of any of these on this list. It's centric to be sure, but uh, probably the most likable. And Letitia's story about Chris really just shows you that that of all these guys, Chris seemed to be the guy who had things together the most. He seemed to be. The most, what's the right word I'm looking for? I guess realistic kind of guy. Like he would, he really had a, a a good grip on what this stardom was, what this music was, what this scene was. He played along when he had to, but overall, it sure felt like he had things together. And nothing is a better example of that than this clip I found on YouTube, Chris Cornell talking about his biggest regrets as his first run with his band Soundgarden. If I had any regrets about 
my participation in Soundgarden and anything else I did musically in in the 80s, 90s was was just that I drank a lot. I was the guy that was always on time. I was like the guy that always made sure things got done and that we were we were doing what we needed to do. You know, I was very responsible, but I was also drinking all the time. And so I have this kind of memory of always being hung over, really. When it came to, to being creative, I, I remember that as being an obstacle all the time. And that's something that I can completely identify with on all levels, is that amongst my peers over the years, I have always tended to be the guy who's got the plan. I understand what's going on. We've got to stick with this. I'm, we've got to be here on this time. We have to get this done. But I'm also a heavy drinker, and I always have been. And often find yourself realizing I'm living my life through a drunken, hungover haze. And it is, it is a regrettable situation much of the time. Something I still struggle with to this day. And from the, he just ta- mentioned at the tail end there, the creative spark that some people need. Everybody's got something that, that makes them tick, right? Makes them go, gives them fuel, gives them energy, gives them motivation. And I've always felt like if I didn't have a creative outlet, then I didn't really understand what my purpose for doing anything was. And when you you almost hit that creative block where you're you you you're not coming up with anything you think is worth anything, it, it can be a depressing scenario to be in. And um, you know maybe making a big deal out of something small, I don't know. But I totally could identify with Chris Cornell on that clip when I ran across that over just, you know, the rabbit hole that can be YouTube. This is a quick replay, a little snippet from what you heard in the very beginning of the show, which I think is one of the more telling things of this entire story with Chris Cornell. The family's attorney acknowledged Cornell was a recovering addict on prescribed anti-anxiety medication. Studies have found rare but serious side effects from Ativan can include worsening depression and thoughts of hurting yourself. That clip from CBS, Saturday morning something or other, I'm not sure. Lorenza Pam, also known as Ativan, is a benazodiazepine medication. It is used to treat anxiety disorders, trouble sleeping, active seizures, including status something or other, alcohol withdrawal, and chemotherapy, induced nausea and vomiting. And it goes on and on and on from there. This is some serious stuff. And some of these side effects are suicidal thoughts. Right? This is medication for anxiety and depression and being given to a person who has had alcohol abuse and substance abuse problems their entire life. And one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. This is the medical drug doctor healthcare world that this country and overall world lives in. This is crazy talk. Your doctors, half of them should be locked up. We're not healing anybody. We're giving people drugs so you can live with your symptoms. And that's a whole other podcast for another day. People were giving me a lot of the same thing that Angie, Billy Dead from the Dead Deads were getting of, oh, poor rock star. What, you can't handle it? Well, you can't, well, you got all these millions of dollars. Oh, everybody loves you. Oh, poor, poor me. I was getting that same thing, and that's, That's a bunch of bullshit that nobody wants to hear who understands that these are real-world problems. Yeah, I I think just seeing a lot of the negative posts about, you know, what everybody thinks they know what happened or, you know, and it's just just funny how people are so quick to judge rock stars or famous people. Like, 
well, if they're rock stars, they don't have the normal diseases that everybody else has. So I just, it just kind of struck me because it's, I don't have depression or anxiety, but it's, it's been close to me before. I know people who haven't suffer from it all the time. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's honor his music. And chill out. Honor the music and chill out. And um, I, I just wanted to ask her about that because I really appreciate her post on Facebook saying that just because you're a rock star, just because you're a famous person doesn't mean you can't have real mental health issues, real problems that the, that the, the entire country, the entire world deals with. And these medications, these pharmaceuticals are freaking insanely powerful. Not many people know this. But I'll just tell you this right now. In 2009, after the downturn in the economy and after losing a bunch of work that I had at the radio station, I wasn't fired, but I, I, I had a, most of my hours cut and I wasn't working in the industry anymore. I was still employed, but I wasn't working. And it was it was it, it depressed me. It upset me. I didn't. I, it was I, for the first time in my life at 29 years old. I was like, wait a second. I thought I thought things only got better every day. I didn't think things ever got worse. I thought things always got better. And over the course of the next couple of years, I was out of work from the industry for a while. And the little bit of work I got to do, I didn't enjoy. And I started taking Xanax. And some people I worked with at my other job had had plenty of it and would cut me deals and sell it to me because their crooked doctors would give them 10 times more than they needed. And then I would buy it from them at discounted rates from a street price. And before you know it, I was taking Xanax every single day, every single day. And there was a stretch of my life of that year from 2009 into 2010 that I just don't remember because that's what Xanax does. It's a mind eraser. It makes you forget that your life sucks, for lack of a better way or more scientific way to put it. It makes you forget that you're depressed. It makes you forget that your anxiety is taking over. And I'm not a doctor, but that's what it does to me. And it's what it does to a lot of other people. And if you are, if you drink alcohol, you don't need to be touching Xanax. And after about a year, I realized I am borderline on a problem here. And I caught it and I quit. And it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that easy, but it wasn't that hard because I, I caught it. I, I realized I was developing a problem. And it was all because I just wanted to forget. I just wanted to forget. And that's exactly what it did. And it made me forget, <laughs> damn right it did, basically a year and a half of my life. I basically don't remember. Now, I, is that the same thing as what we're talking about with Chris and other people who have had troubles and, and suicide and, and, and health issues? No, but that's just my little anecdote. This is a clip from Chris Cornell, again, I found on YouTube somewhere where he's talking about, this is not just, this isn't a rock star thing. This is a major drug problem. It's you, it's them, it's her, it's him. And it could be me too. No, what I'm getting at is if you go into a 12-step meeting, any city, and you count 75 people and you ask how many of them are musicians, you're going to get two. And everybody else is going to be from every walk of life that you can imagine. Literally anything you can think of, and it's happening every day. And the only difference between a musician that's famous and that other kid is that we don't talk about them on the radio. That's kind of it. And then I also think that there's a there's kind of a history of um, sort of glamorizing a little bit the dead guy, you know, whether it's a rock star or a famous actor. And there is certainly plenty of that. But 
at this point where I'm at, Brian Stone on the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for May 24th, 2017, I'm as drug-free as I've ever been. I don't want drugs. I don't like drugs. I mean, I'd like to smoke some pot if you have, you know, if you got a joint, pass it this way. But uh, I don't even do that. I don't, I don't, pharmaceuticals are not part of my life. Drink too much to be sure. But I still deal with anxiety and, and I, I see, I, depression is such a strong word. I don't like to use the word depression. I call it the D word because it's, it's a very strong word. I don't know that I've dealt with depression, but anxiety, concern, fear, anxious, you know, those are all kind of the same things. And a lot of that is because of my age. You know, I'm pushing 40 years old, and and sometimes that kind of stuff just comes along with it. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about Chris Cornell and his his issues, our issues, all the issues that we all tend to seem to have in some form or fashion, or at least know people who have. Because, damn it, man, I like I love Chris Cornell, and I love his bands, and I love his music. And, um, man, the 1990s was such a great time, and uh, we've lost another one. Heads up! Stone's throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right. This is going to be a shorter Stone's throw, and then I'm going to talk about this day one year ago, and with a year to reflect... Things make a little bit more sense. Real quick recap, the spring tour stops from really started at Wayne White at Wayne-O-Rama earlier this year, 420 in Atlanta, the running of the Chihuahuas, JJ's Bohemia, and then the Tennessee Brew Works show with the Dead Deads this past Saturday was a ton of fun, and you can find all those shows anywhere you found this show. The Shit Town podcast recap show I've mentioned, I want to do a full-blown show on that. There's two different shows that I do. There's a weekly dose every week that's just every Wednesday. That's just the thoughts for the week. And then there's a show like I finished up with the Tennessee Brew Works and the Dead Deads over the weekend that's just kind of a a long-form interview show. I want to do one of those for S-Town coming up soon, but I need to find the right people to do it with and have the right ammunition. So I'm going to do that before long as well. But here's what I need in Stone's Throw, and I'm going to make it quick. I need the media in Chattanooga, Tennessee to be better. I need you to be better. What do I mean exactly by that? Well, the Coyote Jack shooting from a couple weeks ago that didn't make it until uh, to a news story until WRCB picked it up five days later. Five days later, one media outlet decided to, to, to put out a story about a shooting out in the parking lot. No, 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 no casualties, no, no injured. But it wasn't reported on. I need the media to be better. Times Free Press the other day. And these Facebook Lives you guys are doing. I got a lot of friends at Times Free Press. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm not going to call anybody out by name. I need these to be better. They need to be real reporting. It needs to have substance. It needs to have preparation. It needs to have a roadmap. It needs to be start, middle, end. Know where you begin, know where you're going, know how you finish. This aimless approach isn't working. I need the media to be better. The talk radio stations, the the spoken word radio stations in this city, there's two of them. I need you to be better. I need you to have news 
reporting. I need you to gather news. I don't need you to suppress news because of political pressures and pressures from other outside sources. I need you to be better. Panhandle Radio, WUTC. Talk Radio 102.3. I know your, your, your budgets are thin and your, and your departments are, are bare bones. I need you to be better. And the new media that I am on my way into attempting to pioneer in this city is going to be just that, better. But I'm not a news journalist. I'm not a news organization. I'm never going to be a news gathering information source. I need you to be better. And you should strive and want to be better. If there's shootings at nightclubs in this town, report on it. I don't care who owns the building. If there's news source, news stories or, or even just human interest stories that you want to put on a, a, a live stream and feed, have your work done. Do some preparation. Understand why you have the powerful medium that you do and take it seriously. And if you've got a live over-the-air signal and you're talking about things going on in this city, don't suppress information and don't pick and choose what your stories are. That is the subject matter for the final segment of the show. Something happened one year ago today that started the domino effect for something that happened 11 months ago today. What am I talking about? I'll tell you next. On the Stone On Air podcast, the most listened to, the most downloaded, and the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. This is the Weekly Dose for May 24th, 2017, and I will be right back. studio in seattle for a nirvana session the last time we ever recorded together we recorded with adam casper at that session he came in with the new sound garden and it was before it was released and he said hey do you guys want to hear the stuff we just recorded for the new sound garden record and me and chris novosel said yeah put it on and he played black hole sun and i remember thinking holy shit this is going to be huge this will be enormously huge because to me it was that perfect meeting of the Beatles and Black Sabbath. It was so much more melodically sophisticated than anything any of the other bands in Seattle were doing or in rock. Like it was a big it was a big deal. That was David Grohl speaking of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, and this song right here. In my indisposed, in disguises no one knows Hands the face, lies the slave, and the sun in my disgrace Of course, this is a newer acoustic version, but this is one of the biggest songs in the middle of 1990s that you'll find. Scream 
for a uh, painting company and I can't remember if it was 94 or 95 but it was one of those two years so I was either 14 or 15 years old and so I was basically one of the uh, pressure washers they weren't going to put a paintbrush in my hand at that age but I did pressure washing and then I would hang out with the guy who would, you know, was driving I was basically the guy who let the other guy go have smoke breaks and whatever radio station it was at the time, I guess it was probably 96.5 The Mountain. I'm not sure at that time, the mid-90s, what the rock station would have been. It certainly wasn't KZ10 Sucks, and uh, Rock 105 wasn't around yet. Um, and this song was on, like, every other couple of minutes. <laughs> because it was the only way to listen to music outside of spending 20 bucks to buy a CD. So it made more sense for radio stations to play the same songs over and over again. Now it doesn't make any sense. But that's that's another conversation for another day. This is the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for May 24th, 2017. And here in the final segment of the show, I am going to reflect back on a year ago. You're just bitter guy or you should just get over it gal is probably going to, you know, have their regular predictable comments to say at this point, but um, I'm going to do it anyway. A year ago today, I filled in on Jeff Styles' show, which is now some other dude's show that should have been mine to begin with, but whatever. It was about two or three, four days after there was a, there was a story that was being very much hushed-hushed involving the mayor his chief of staff or top advisor or whatever, Lacey Stone, and Bobby Stone was her husband, and this was a um, a big story about a year ago. Now, the administration and the locals have done a really good job of making sure that not many people really know about this anymore or have conveniently forgotten about it. But it was brand new in May of 2016. And at that time, a guy named Robert T. Nash, you all know who he is, was feeding me information about this story. And basically what happened is, and I believe this to be true, so I'm going to say it matter-of-factly, the mayor was having some kind of inappropriate relationship with his one of his top advisors, one of his top staffers, who was married to a guy named Bobby, and there was, and he found out. And it was a, uh, it was a problem. Uh, the chief of police, chief Fletcher was involved. There was lots of he said, she said kind of stuff. And in the end, this thing very conveniently faded off into the distance. But at that time, I was being given a lot of information from Robert T. Nash. And I was doing a lot of fill-in work because it was, uh, well, I don't know. Certain times a year I did more than others. And not one media outlet in this city, going back to the Stone Stone segment a minute ago, media, I need you to be better. I need the media in this city to be better. And the media in this city sat on it for days. And on May 24th, 2016, on a Tuesday, I had two hours to fill. And in the opening segment of the show, 
I spent about 10 minutes on this story. And where I started from, I've got clips from that show from a year ago. And where I started from was saying that this is not the kind of thing I'm trying to get into right now. At that point, I was trying to get my podcast going. I was trying to get the local music show going. I was trying to create and maintain relationships. I was trying to uh, branch into a different direction. And I said, this isn't my place. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But there's somebody out there who I think knows what they're talking about. And if you want to know more, here's where you should go. This is the first clip from that segment one year ago today on Talk Radio 102.3. I am not in the business of, of gotcha guy. I'm done with that. I don't get paid enough to do things like that. I will tell you this. With this story that does involve, it appears involves the mayor. It appears it involves the, the police chief, Andy Burke, Fred Fletcher, respectively, Bobby Stone and his wife, Lacey Stone. There seems to be a web, an entangled web of a story here. I've heard a lot of different things. I don't know how much of it was on the record or how much it was off the record. Doesn't matter. I'm not going on the record with any of it. At that time, I just mentioned it. I didn't get paid enough to spend the time digging into dirt like this. I was paid poverty-level wages. I was paid 10 bucks a damn hour. Never got a raise in 13 years of working for this company. But however, this story was worth following. And for the first time in Chattanooga Media, that day, this story had been mentioned. It had been days old, maybe even upwards of a week old. And the first time it was mentioned, it was from me on May 24, 2016. This is a story worth following. There has been speculation that the power structure did everything they could to sweep it under the rug, did everything they could to make sure that this didn't come out. But all we really know is is a domestic violence issue between senior advisor to Mayor Burke, Lacey Stone, and her husband, Bobby. Is it just as simple as that? Is it just petty, weird, human stuff? You know, dumb crap that happens to all of us? Well... All of us aren't getting arrested for domestic violence. But you know what I mean. Is that all that it is? Maybe. maybe, But maybe not. Yeah, and definitely maybe not. And so when I start to look at when I was fired from this radio station one month later to the day, could have had something to do with because I was mentioning without saying his name on the air, the man who was supplying all this information that later turned out to be accurate. And there is a person on Facebook who has three initials. We all have three initials, but you don't know what my three initials are, do you? The person who has three initials that I'm talking about, you know exactly who that person is. And if you're interested in this story, and this is the kind of thing that uh, either intrigues you from a, a moral or integrity standpoint, or from a I love to watch people crash and burn standpoint, I'm not here to judge. I don't care why you might or might not be interested, but if you want to know, There's a person with three initials on Facebook who is following this every step of the way. And, of course, the person on Facebook with those three initials is Robert Timothy Nash, a friend of mine that I will never apologize for calling just that, a friend of mine. And it turns out that none of the information that he supplied me that day or that week has ever been proven to be false the final words from my segment again 10 minutes tops i never talked about it again so we've got a rift in 
to people's personal life, which potentially is nobody's business. Who's sleeping with who? Who's throwing rocks through somebody's car? Who's cussing people out? Who's saying I'm going to kill you? Sometimes isn't our business. And sometimes it is. Or at least we we like to think that it is. It's not worth ignoring. Is it worth spending a lot of time on? I'm not sure about. Is it worth ignoring? No, it's not worth ignoring. And there's somebody on Facebook who has three initials. And you know what those three initials are. And you want to know more? What did T.O. say? Get your popcorn ready. Because it's going to be a show. Check it out. Or don't. But you know you will. And predictably, that story has faded off. At the time, before that went with that segment, which I did not ask permission to do, Bill Lockhart from Talk Radio 102.3 was adamant in the hallways. This is not a story. Robert T. Nash is not a source. Jeff Stiles, friends with Bobby Stone, said this is not a story. We're not talking about this. Brian Joyce, who has people has the mayor on every single week, didn't talk about this. Jim Reynolds, who knows? He quit trying forever ago. Nobody would talk about this. No media would, would report on this, except for Chattanooga.com that same day, May 24th, 2016. Mayor Andy Burke said last Tuesday night, last weekend a member of my senior staff was the victim of domestic assault involving her husband. Upon being arrested and charged, her husband made numerous false allegations about me and other people involved in city government. It is unfortunate that the situation escalated to the point of domestic assault. Blah, 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 let me be clear. And it just goes on and on and on. And guess what happens around November of 2016? The Times Free Press finally grows a backbone and releases tapes from the police car with Bobby Stone sitting in the back. So this has been going on for a couple of weeks. I caught her kissing the mayor. And then later the police chief was called and then the Bobby was picked up and then it went from there. And then eventually, as time would go on, people in the media decided to finally start to report on it. I need the media to do better than this. And also, outside of that, and more importantly, one month later, I'm fired from Talk Radio 102.3 when presented with a year's worth of conversation that was ripped and printed off of my Facebook Messenger after my Facebook account was hacked by Cumulus Media of Chattanooga. Who was I talking to? Why was it a problem? Yep, you guessed it. Most of you already know all this anyway. Robert T. Nash. Huh. Huh. All right. Frauds. Fraudulent media outlets in this city. Be better. Do better. Kevin West is back. A man of integrity is actually potentially, maybe, able to oversee a news, quote-unquote, news gathering and distribution entity. Good luck, punks. You're going to need it. That's all I got. Don't be a fraud. Don't be like those assholes over at Cumulus Media Chattanooga. Don't be punks. Don't be frauds. 
the truth is easy to remember. And this space is bigger than they ever thought it was going to be. And it gets bigger every single week. And I ask you to continue to watch it. See you later. Bye. Won't you come?